Happy Lottery Eve, everybody. Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I am Jeff Garcia, your host for today. I'm also with the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio.com. Well, something not usual is going to happen tomorrow for the San Antonio Spurs and that being they're in the lottery. Yeah. Tomorrow, the NBA will conduct its annual lottery event and your Spurs are part of that. So we'll see if the ping pong gods are nice to the silver and black and hopefully they'll win it all. We shall soon see tomorrow. But that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. The Spurs lottery odds, the NBA did release those uh, numbers uh, this week. As And we're also going to take a starting to take a dive into this draft process and discussing what type of player the Spurs should look at. So to do that more, I am joined by Spurs own contributor and co-host of At The Line Podcast, Ty Yeager. Ty, as that GIF says, you're telling me there's a chance. There is a chance, and I'll explain this all later, but I have had to do some research in the past week or so because I'm not you. I don't really under, I'm not used to... <laughs> Looking at the lottery, I've never had to, so I've never, so I never really taken a deep dive or looked deeply into the lottery. So I've done a lot of, I've done a good amount of research for the past few weeks now. All right, well, we're going to tap into that research right here on Locked On Spurs. So let's go and dive right into it. So the NBA released the odds for the Spurs to land that number one pick, and they are at a slim two percent chance. Uh, Ty, not too surprising. Uh, I think the Warriors, uh, who, was it, the, who was it, the Warriors, the Cavs, I think there were some teams, three teams that had a 14% chance of winning it all, but the Spurs have a mere 2% chance at winning it. Ty, not a surprise. No, this is not a surprise at all. It's just based on how the lottery goes. If you're the worst team, if you're the wor- three worst teams, you're going to have an equal chance, chance to get the lottery, which is honestly only 14%. So it's still not a great chance. So no one has a really huge number of odds going into into getting the lottery. But the three worst teams are the ones that have the equal chance, and then it goes. Then the odds go down based on your based on however you did in the season right. by re- record base, of course. Yeah, and all mock drafts simulations uh, project the Spurs to land at number eleven. So. We'll see if the Spurs um, and have Lady Luck on their side and buck that. But, uh, Ty, one thing you didn't uh, mention recently is that to watch for the Spurs if they do not get called for that number 11 slot. Why is that? So the, the lottery itself only determines the top four picks. And whenever, when we found out that if you're not – so there's going to be a certain position that you're most likely to get. For San Antonio, it is that 11th seed with a the 11th overall pick with a 77.6% chance. So, and but they can also drop back depending on if any mm-hmm. team say say a team like Sacramento, New Orleans, or Memphis, which is behind them, gets into the top four, then the Spurs' chance of chances of falling down increase. But if you don't hear the Spurs' name come the 11th pick, they are instantly in the top four, no matter what. They're going to be instantly in the top four. That means they won one of those top four spots. Well, However, if you do, yeah, you don't, you don't want to hear their name though. And any at, at eleven or further back, if you're really one in that top four, though. Yeah, exactly. So that's something to keep an eye on tomorrow night, as uh, all the Spurs fans will be glued to the television and hoping that the Spurs will get a higher pick. Now, Ty, look, 
two percent is is slim. I mean, I mean that's that's small. I mean, the chances of the Spurs winning it all, I think I'd be surprised. Uh, but nevertheless, hey, stranger things have happened. In 1997, the Spurs were in the draft lottery, and it was actually the Boston Celtics that had the higher percentage chance to win it all. And it actually fell to San Antonio. Boston came in at number two. Uh, the Spurs would wind up in the uh, drafting, excuse me, uh, Tim Duncan. And as they say, the rest is Spurs' glorious history. Same thing uh, with the Orlando Magic. Uh, I believe during that Shaq Penny era, they um, had, uh, I think, over 1% chance to win the draft. And they won it. And that turned into, I believe, it was Penny Hardaway or maybe Dwight Howard. My point is, is that you look in history, hey, sometimes these odds are not uh, spot on, Ty. So what's even funnier from looking at last season's lottery odds, New Orleans only had a 6% chance of getting of getting a the number one overall pick and had a, about a 7% or less for the top four overall. And what's even funnier is the Lakers, who, are currently, who were in the, where the Spurs are currently last season in terms of odds, they had the same, same odds at 2% overall and 2.8 in top four and below. Mm-hmm. However, LA jumped to number four last in the last lottery, and they're okay. in the exact same spot that that the Spurs are in. So, it's not impossible to see the Spurs make a jump to four. Is it a bit unlikely? Would I be given? Should I put it? Be, should I be betting all the money in the world to it? No, <laughs> you, it's again. Also, I'm. I said it before. I'm not a betting man. Don't bet on. Don't bet on my on my predictions. It doesn't go well, but. Uh, but it's still it's not it's not impossible for the Spurs to jump to the top four. Is it going to be very unlikely? Yeah, but and I wouldn't give I don't want to give my hopes up. I wouldn't give all my hopes into it. But you never know. And the, there in the back of your head, it something could happen. But be prepared for the Spurs to get the eleven pick at the mo- at the most likely. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. still, there's a but still like as like you said, I'm telling you there is a chance. There <laughs> is a possible chance. The Spurs could get a top four pick. Hi, any uh, good luck charms you're gonna have? Um, uh, I have this little elephant on my desk that I've had since I was like five that I've always kept around with me. Okay, it's give me good luck, I would say. So I'll, I guess I'll be clutching that and wearing my Manu Ginobili jersey once when the come come draft lottery night. When the uh, Spurs won the '97 uh, draft lottery, the uh, good luck charm for uh, Peter Holt. It was um, it was a multicolor a little iguana pin, and I think that wanted, and I think he showed it off, and everybody uh, was all happy. Yeah, or Robinson or Duncan, one of the big ones that they landed. That was the uh, the big uh, prize, or the, I'm sorry, the big uh, good luck charm. So hopefully your charm will work out, Ty. But yeah, I mean, that's one hell. That's one hell of a good luck charm that he has there. Yeah, it was like a, this this multicolor little iguana pin, like P I N, not P E N pin or um like a little trinket or something like that i remember him showing it off and well, uh, well led a 22 plus years of success so that is good luck that it but ty you know this is the highest pick uh last year it was a uh, lucas amanich correct i think 19 so this is now 11 so this is the highest pick they've had in quite some time uh when you look at this is the fact that the spurs are in the lottery and is it a bummer or are you, are you excited? You know, it's a bummer in the sense of, whoa, Spurs, you, you had a really bad season. You need help, hence the lottery. Or do you see it as a good thing? Because, hey, this is the beginning of the next phase. 
someone someone said it perfectly on Twitter. I forgot who it was, but someone said that it was it was due for the for the streak to end that and that you were having a new era of, of Spurs basketball. And just to not have that pressure of continuing that streak, it's not on the young guys' shoulders anymore. Mm-hmm. And they are and now they're gonna be placed in the position to create their own era now, create their own their own dynasty, as you would mm-hmm. say. It's it just it's setting up the young guys to not try to match what was before them mm-hmm. and try to and try to keep that keep the legacy that legacy going in the in representation of the of the playoff streak but they're I think they're set up to create their own history now at least yeah but i thought i think i think it's good in that sense yeah i i'm i'm in agreement in there i think a lot of the spurs fan base maybe even the spurs to a certain degree we're still clinging on to that big three dynasty that five titles era you know constantly in the postseason and they were still doing it even after uh, Timmy and Tony and Manu retired and even when Kawhi um, left. So there were, there was still that hope that, Hey, you know, we can still get this done on the fly. We can still be that playoff team on the fly, but you have to face facts. Every team, the Celtics, the Bulls, the Lakers, uh, the Knicks are going through it right now. It's like, it'll never end for them, but every great team franchise goes through this period for the Spurs, this is their time in that uh, timeline for them. And I do agree. Uh, you have to break away from that era. You have to start building your own platform, your own foundation. I mean, there's only so much DeJounte and Derek and, and Keldon now can be reminded about what was with this franchise, you know, winning titles. That's long gone. And I think they need to have their own way to establish their identity moving forward and what we saw in Orlando tie looks like that identity could be maybe a quicker faster pace is that correct yeah and if you look at the Spurs history they've never missed the playoffs twice mm-hmm. consecutively they've missed the playoffs and in franchise history they've missed the playoffs before this season five times and to and every time they got back into the playoffs so it's this is a team that's historically never been knocked down for a long time yeah, have they been? Were they mediocre in your in your day? Eh, eh. Yeah, they were. They, they were. But still, they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs consistently as a franchise for a long time, and so they're and they're not going to be. And this again, like I said, this team has never missed the playoffs consecutive in consecutive seasons. So I don't expect this team to stay down long. This is a really good young team mm-hmm. that's just missing a few pieces. If we. Honestly, if we get the team that we saw in Orlando for a whole season, this is a really good team. This is a team that is top 10 in offense, top 10 in defense, and has one of the fastest paces in the, in the league. So if, this, if that's a team that you can be running consistently in kind of the rotations that, we, I've been, that I've been saying all season long that they should have been running, Again, this team can be good. It has potential. These are really talented young players. Look at Derek White. He got robbed of, a, of an all-bubble team. I'm not going to say anything anymore. You all <laughs> know that. But this is it's a good, young, talented team. It's going to be, as people, as people do look at the money and say, oh, it's just going to be the same team. It's like, this team can still be really good, and you're, going, and you're probably going to be losing the two, the two pieces that were holding you back in Marco Bellinelli and Brent Forbes. 
that's just going to give the younger all the other guys that we really been want to play that played in Orlando the minutes that they really need to show off. And again, this is going to be this is a young team, talented guys, and now you're going to add on a lottery piece to it. Mm-hmm. This team should be really good next season, especially if Pop runs exactly what a kind of a similar system that he ran in Orlando. Yeah, that, that was uh, a little bit of a worry until Pop announced that they were going with the development phase out in um, Florida. If he didn't say that and if he still was throwing out uh, Bellinelli and Forbes and still stapling Keldon to the bench and Weatherspoon, I'd be okay, what are we doing here? But he didn't. So that tells me they're fully into transition rebuilding mode. And with the lottery that they're going to be in tomorrow – and likely get landing at 11, I would hope, Ty, and get your thoughts on this, that maybe they learned a lesson, that maybe they need to loosen up a little bit with this whole, no, you have to go to Austin and you have to stay there for the bulk of your rookie career. I'm not saying abandoning the G League process, the development path, but this is a high pick. This is a person that could possibly make an immediate impact. Why not, yes, get him a little experience in Austin, but don't force him there. We saw with Keldon, he was, he was a man among kids and just tearing up the G League. And, oh, guess what? He can play. Look what we saw in Orlando. Look what he saw right before the pandemic. The, this is a, the number 11 pick in all likelihood. This is a player that can make an immediate impact, I. I agree that this should be a player that can make an immediate impact, but also remembering that there is no summer league this time that there is no that there is no there's no kind of preseason i would mm-hmm. say for at least when it comes through for rookies and really young guys that have the opportunity to play in the summer league and get some good basketball before we don't have that this season and it, say that this rookie does play a little bit in austin i don't expect this whoever this rookie is is going to be playing in austin for long but i wouldn't be surprised if they play in austin for the first part of the season for the like maybe the first quarter of the season just kind of to get into the rhythm, kind of get adapted to the play with heavy minutes and not the restrict and not restricted minutes coming off the bench. Because that's that's how the Spurs really use that Austin system is to get these guys minutes, to get these guys touches and allow them to work on them ga- on their game instead of sitting on the bench or in playing in maybe 10, 15 minutes of play. That's why Keldon Johnson was down in in Austin. That's why Lucas Shamanich was down in Austin. It was for these guys to get heavy minutes and get them to really develop their game. And whenever they did were with the San Antonio team, at least during the regular season, mm-hmm. it was to work on the mental game, to understand what was going on in San Antonio, and then to go back to Austin to apply it and with their physical game. So – but not having summer league is really going to have a weird effect on how the Spurs are going to really work with this upcoming rookie. Again, yeah. I still I still think this rookie could be in the normal rotation, but don't be surprised if he does go to the Austin system for a little bit. No, no, yeah, it's exactly. I want to make it very clear. I'm not saying abandon that system. It's worked. Look at Derek White, uh, Keldon Johnson, uh, tipped his uh, their cap to their their time in uh, Austin with the G League. So I'm just saying, if they want to speed up this rebuild and if they want to get these young guys meshing together and that chemistry together so that you have maybe a, their version of the beautiful game with the passing and cutting, why not bring this, this kid that's going to be joining the team shortly 
and get him in the mix sooner than later. Again, not abandoning the process, just maybe easing up. And that's exactly what we're going to do on our next segment. We're going to take a look at the draft. We're not going to name names, but we're going to give our opinion on what type of player the Spurs should look at once they are on the clock. And speaking of on the clock, I want to talk to you about a door dash. Look, it's the pandemic. You know, you want a safe way to get your your meals, whether it be breakfast, noon, or dinner time, then you got to use DoorDash. Uh, I use it even when doing laundry. You just pick up my phone, order it, and it's here when I'm done. You want Chinese, you want pizza, it's all there. There's a, there's a craving for everybody, and DoorDash has what you need to satisfy that craving. So what you want to do is uh, Download the DoorDash app, and by the way, it's the app that brings you food that you're craving right now, right to your door. You can order it. It's very easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. We got over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, so they are well-known and reliable. Even many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, and they use DoorDash. And you can get to those restaurants by using the DoorDash app. Uh, again, as a reminder, I know everybody has safety in their mind right now. It is contactless. All DoorDash deliveries are contactless if you choose that. There's an option on there. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off your uh, first order and zero delivery fees uh, when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that code is LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We are back, and I'm joined by Ty Yeager. He's a Spurs Zone contributor and co-host of At The Line Podcast. And speaking of At The Line, Ty, you guys getting ready for the lottery as well? Again, I've been busy. <laughs> I, 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 I'm the guy that keeps saying, "Oh, I'll do it next time. We'll do it then." It's like then, like then it gets it gets around to another week. I'm like, "Oh, I guess we yeah. haven't done a podcast. Yeah. I, oh, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it this week. We'll do it this week." And it just keeps going. Yeah, we'll have so, we'll have something at least post lottery, just to because there's going to be so much action within the next mm-hmm. few days. We want a podcast to last, but we'll we'll definitely have something post lottery for everyone. There you go. Um, well, just Google at the line podcast and subscribe. All right, Ty. So, you know, with all signs pointing that the Spurs will land at number 11, ultimately, we're not going to name names. And that's for a later show. Because uh, you never know. Strange things can happen. As we mentioned, Spurs can go up. But when you look at the draft and look where the Spurs are projected to land, what is a type of player you're hoping that the Spurs are looking at right now? So some people would say, go with best available. I say, don't do that. That's not a way to go, especially if you're the Spurs, because this is, again, this is a Spurs team that has the pieces they need. They're just missing a few other ones. And they're very, I think they're very position specific. First off, the number one part, the number one thing on my list is don't draft another guard. You don't need another guard. (laughs) Please don't draft another guard. We already have four. We have really good guards. We don't need any more. So don't the Spurs do not need to draft a point guard at the least. I think that there are there's a handful of good shoot of shooting 
wing four combos that I think could work that you could go with there because they're look at because technically there are play there are some really tall shooting guards in the league. Look at Joe Harris who can mm-hmm. shoot who's like six seven and can still shoot but plays more the shooting guard position. I think that there are some players in this draft that the Spurs could go with that are more of a shooting guard, but they also they have a body that can go into the three position in a small forward. And that leads me on to my next point of you. This team really needs to draft a some sort of wing player. Okay. This team has not had a this team has not had a definite wing player. I would say since Kyle Anderson, and you need someone that can play that three. They can even slide into the four too in a as a young player. Rudy Gay has been kind of that 4-5 lately, but you never really had a 3-4. Mm-hmm. And DeMar DeRozan is just a bit too undersized to play that power forward position. And there's a handful of really good players that could, that could fill, in that, fill in that gap. You, if you really want to go small ball, kind of like the lineup I'm thinking of, if you retain the Acapurtle, one of the lineups I'm thinking is you go with Derek and DeJounte. Maybe you go with Lonnie as well, and then you have Jakob at the center position. You need someone for that four spot. You just need you need someone that can really fill in fill in the frame and be really good on the wing. So I think that's a for, that's a definite need that the Spurs need to draft at least in my book. Well, I'm one of those that believe draft best available. I think in a draft where um, there is it's not deep. I think maybe you can make an argument for one through five as being more likely impact players immediately. Where the Spurs are going to land, I think they have to draft the best available. And I understand. I get the whole point about the guard because the Spurs are stacked with them right now. Even if you subtract Bellinelli and uh, Forbes in the offseason. But I think with the era of positionless basketball time, I think that's the, probably the best route the Spurs can go. Your thoughts? It, I would agree that a positionless basketball, that it's, just, it's, just, it's perimeter players, wing players, paint players. I just again, you again. There's just already so many guards, and we we saw that this season having having an abundance of guards really hurt some of the young guys getting out there. And so I don't think I'm just, I'm going to mention one name, but I'm not. It's, I don't think okay. anyone would mention it. I don't think this team, if Lamelo Ball is the best available, I don't think that's the route to go. Just because <laughs> you don't need another guard, that's where I say you don't need another guard. I, I think there is an abundance of wing players in this draft that the Spurs could go to, especially within the top 10, top 11. And so I would say whenever it comes to your spot, it's the best available within, within the guys that, you, that could fill in a position you really need. Do you think that the Spurs, if they decide to go by position, is there a priority list for you? I know you mentioned about wing defenders and all that, but there's a part of me that thinks – even a, a power forward, because we don't know what's going to happen with a LaMarcus Aldridge. What if they do entertain the thought of uh, trading him after what we saw in the bubble that if, you know, without him, it played better. Do you think that could be a sign? If you see that the Spurs are scouting this after the draft lottery is announced, like they're, scou- they're scouting this big, this power forward, this, what are some tea leaf things you're going to be looking at once that lottery is announced and the Spurs are uh, picking where they're picking? So second, a secondary kind of selection on my, on my list would be a power forward, mm-hmm. a power forward that kind of a guy, a guy that can, again, a power forward, more powerful, but can also slide into the three if you need, or even the five mm-hmm. in small ball. But I think, I think that if, cause you, LaMarcus is on his final, his final year mm-hmm. in San Antonio, no matter what. And so they definitely need to fill in that position. 
But if they do draft someone or he says that they're looking, they're looking at someone, I'm not sure what that can mean for LaMarcus. We saw that this team did exceptionally well in Orlando without him, and that could be, a, that could be something that the Spurs are going to be, possibly be looking into. However, coming off a major shoulder injury for him, coming off a kind of a so-so season and being inspiring contracts not being the same that they used to be mm-hmm. in terms of incentive, I don't know if they could move him unless they had to move someone else, and I'm not going to name names on the Spurs <laughs> for that one. I think overall it could be just looking to, repla- to replace LMA after the next season going into 2021 because they're gonna ne- they will need someone to fill in that that big man slot no matter what but i'm not sure i'm not sure it would if drafting a power forward center type guy if that i'm not sure that would mean the end of lamarck is in san antonio right away i would say yeah um you know i'm look for me i think they just need some size and youthful size let me put it that way there's there's trey lyles and i know he's you know i don't even know there's a chance he probably could not even be back next season am i reading that right ty uh, he he's on his contract is non guaranteed, but non-guaranteed. with the way he's played, I'm yeah. going to say that he's going to become guaranteed. Yeah, and and you look at the landscape of the Western Conference of the NBA, you know, we, the usual suspects: Embiid, a Joker. Look how he, well he's playing on the bubble, and Michael Porter Jr. He's blossoming. Um, you have uh, Gobert, you have uh, you know Porzingis. My point is, I think they need athletic bigs if they're going to go that route. I agree. Yeah. Um, but as far as uh, best available, I, I've always been best available. And unless you got the number one pick, then you can really, 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 you know, find a specific player that was a no brainer. But if they're picking at 11 where they're at right now, at least projected, then best available just seems uh, best f- for the team right now, because you know, this is just a crazy hypothetical. And I, I mean, I'm exaggerating here. What if that number 11 pick turns out to be Donovan Mitchell? And the Spurs pass on him, but he's a guard. You know, you can't, you can't, can't pick him, Spurs, because he's a guard. You know, I would hate for the Spurs to be in that position, Ty. I would agree, but again, you also have to look at that. You have pieces that you can already that you can already rely on, and Derek White and Dejounte mm-hmm. Murray. You have guys that are upcoming, and Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson, who are more of combo guards more than anything. If you and the biggest thing is that people want these guys to play. They can't play if there's an abundance of players at mm-hmm. that position that are going to be, and everyone's fighting for a minute. So say that, say that you want to see more Keldon, it might mean you might get less Lonnie right. or and vice, vice versa. If you get another guard in there, like LaMelo Ball, it's like, it's just going to be the same of, oh, so we want to see this guy, but he's, but this art guy is not allowing him to play. That's where I come in. And then also this is a team that's kind of already built. It's not, this is not a poverty franchise like the Knicks. Sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> but, uh, franchise. <laughs> sorry. I, I, I'm going hard at the Knicks. I, I, well, I'm look, really hey, the, the, the Knicks are go hard at the Spurs. Remember they accused the San Antonio of, uh, was it tampering with Porzingis? Yeah. And they, and what have, what have the Knicks done since the 90s? Nothing. So, but look at the Knicks where they do draft best available, most likely. They don't look to build around their team. They don't look to see what they truly need. And that's what's hurt them. And that's what's really hurt them. So the Spurs need to look at pieces that they, that they honestly do need. Is it going to be the best available when it comes? I say that you do go to the best available within the position that you need, but 
best available in the draft. I just don't think that's the route to go. But going to back to what you said about the Spurs need athletic bigs, I agree with that. Where this team needs some athletic bigs that can that can rim run. But I also my second priority on that list would be defense because this mm-hmm. is a team that's this is a team that's really good on offense from the looks of it. No, this was already a top ten team in offense even during the during the regular season. Mm-hmm. What they lacked in was defense, and they and look at guys who they've had at the wing position or in that power that makes you power forward position. You have a defensive player, two time defensive player of the year in Kawhi that you had, and then you had a really good defender in Kyle Anderson. Yeah. And that's what this team is really missing, a really good defender at that 3-4 position. Yeah, I'm right there. There are holes to fill for San Antonio despite uh, the team uh, current youth uh, foundation looking great. Ty, there is still that train of thought, and I'm, I'm still a part of this train of thought as well, that, yeah, I like the team. I really do. They really got a good future ahead. But I still think they lack an, uh, an alpha right now. Your Tim Duncan, your Kawhi Leonard, your Luka Doncic, um, you know, your go-to megastar. Ty, your thoughts? Oh, I agree. I think there are some megastars within this team. I think there are some soon-to-be megastars within this team. Look at the way that Lonnie and Keldon both play. Those are those guys that just have a play style that really that average NBA fans really would really enjoy. And being a guy that can. And Lonnie, who can shoot from anywhere they want and dunk with ferocity. And then you have a Russell Westbrook-type guy in Keldon Johnson who's just a bull in a china shop that's not going to stop. No one yeah, is going to be I, I hear you, Ty, but my God, that's some lofty aspirations. I'm, I would say it's lofty, but also the other thing I would say for people is be patient. Damian Lillard, yeah, he was kind of – he was pretty – he had a, kind of a little star to him whenever he – came out of the draft but it took him a few seasons before he became the superstar that he's now known today it's not superstardom is not going to happen within the first three seasons i would say it takes a little bit and these guys are still Keldon johnson is just going into his second season lonnie walker's going into his third season and it just takes some time for these guys to develop into the player that they are going to be and just has it needs it. They need some time to show off what their abilities are. Again, these guys, some of these all stars that we are now looking at, weren't all stars com- coming into the league. Jokic wasn't an all star. Damian Lillard wasn't a all star either going coming into the league. They really developed and showed off once they started developing as and became fully developed as a player. Yeah. Okay, look, I I don't want to get this segment off two track right now and uh, we'll get back on the lottery and the draft in a few seconds but i always take stuff off the train what do you I, mean I, I try not to man you will you look the dog cloud network <laughs> we, we we have certain standards that we have to meet uh, according to our big cheese uh david lot so you you, you calling out my podcast <laughs> no I'm, I'm just telling you what it is on my end man that we we have certain well okay maybe standards is probably the wrong word certain guidelines how's that time <laughs> look i'm not is it bad that I don't think Lonnie's there yet? That I, I just my my personal jury on him is still out. Uh, I would I would agree that he the jury is still out there, uh, but I think that going I think this upcoming season could be the season that he needs. This season was kind of was kind of iffy for him, where he was going up and down in minutes played and giving it getting a chance. Mm-hmm. And I think he also the other part is that he need he started to develop. 
he he needed to develop a non first option type kind of mindset, yeah. which he, again he's still young. He this was only his second season. He's still he was only a sophomore. So I'm not going to be expecting. I wasn't going to be expectations are high for him because it's the Spurs, but you got to give him time to develop. What I saw in the bubble was a guy that can score whenever he wants though. And he wasn't scoring. He wasn't scoring twenty plus points a game, but he was still scoring in the teens on a mm-hmm. on nightly basis. And then add on that, he developed his playmaking too, yes. where he was having outstanding passes. Yeah, I think that we are going to see a much more developed Lonnie, who is going to have a, I wouldn't say he have that that alpha mindset, but he's going to be a really. I think he's going to be a really good player going into the next season, just with the all around game that he developed going into the bubble and knowing what he can, what he needs to improve after that and what he can just keep working on that's really working for him, I think we're going to be seeing a much better Lonnie at least coming into next season. Yeah, I'm right there. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not bashing on the kid. You know, I think he has a great, he's a great talent. I think that I just needed to see more out of him, and I started to see more out of him in Orlando when you mentioned the facilitating, the fast break running. There I saw, okay, he can impact the game in this way. I was, and then also sticking, also add on his defense to stick right. too. Yeah, the, I was always focused on the defense and his athleticism, at least attacking the rim. But then I saw the passing. Then I saw the court vision. I was like, okay, okay, I like where we're going now, and now I need to see it. I say it over and over again, and I think it deserves repeating. Right before they left to Orlando, I had a chance to talk with Lonnie, and he told me that he wants to address his inconsistency. Tight. What do you think about that? That he even that he's himself is acknowledging yeah i gotta get better at this consistency thing the be- the best players are the ones that know their weaknesses and the ones that are and those are the guys that know their weaknesses and will work on them and players that just don't acknowledge that oh i'm not they don't acknowledge that they're not good at something that's kind of a bat that's a re- that's a big warning sign <laughs> but for him to but for him to understand and know what his issue what his problems are on the court and what he needs to fix that's great that's I said this in a previous podcast where if you, someone knows what their weakness is and knows what they need to fix, that's the, that's the first step in becoming a really good player. They need to understand what they need to, to develop and what to fix on the court. And, it, and if they can do that, that makes them a really great player in this league. Yeah, exactly. Now, going back to the lottery and the type of player that they should look at, I think at 11, Ty, what should people, fans be expecting? Do you think they are going to target, um, you know, based on, you know, I know there hasn't been any reports out there of who they're looking at. There's been a couple, but it's really been quiet. What do you think would turn the Spurs fans off? Would it be if they say, okay, now we're drafting 11, it's all said and done, then you fast forward and you hear reports that they're looking at guard from this college, guard from this university. Would that be kind of where Spurs fans are thinking, oh, no, we're going the guard route. Or you think Spurs might be okay with that if they're just kind of seeing what's out there? Knowing Spurs Twitter, they're going to they're gonna react very calmly, say that this organization is doing great work. <laughs> exactly. being, right. being scouted. Right. No, it's going to be utter chaos, and everything is going to be up in flames <laughs> with knowing Spurs Twitter. No, I, I think people are going to overreact if, due to all of these reports. I think Spurs are going to be doing their due diligence no matter what and looking at point guards. That's expected. I'm, But I just hope that they don't draft it. Again, I'm okay with the combo guard when it comes to a small, a kind of a taller, small forward shooting guard type guy. But again, 
they have some other needs in this, that they really need to address, especially going into this next season and the season after that. And that's why I say that a wing player or a power forward is going to be needed. Maybe even a center, if kind of mm-hmm. a power forward center, if you lose Jakob. Right. And I think the Spurs, the Spurs front office is more aware of their upcoming situation than Spurs fans are. We don't know the ins and outs as much as we like to say say that we do. Hey, hey, Ty. I, um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but they just popped in my head, and I had to ask you right away. Yeah. How much pressure do you think Brian Wright has in this draft? Oh, an S ton. A yeah. ton of a ton of pressure is going to be on Brian Wright in this draft, no matter what. When it comes to looking at the ownership and and the fan base, there's a lot of pressure on Brian Wright going into this draft. <laughs> and I think he he's been part of these are drafts as a and a part of the organization with these are drafts, and they've done really well. And these are late round picks that the Spurs have had finding Kelda Johnson 29. That's great. And you're just giving the Spurs a big advantage by putting them into nearly the top 10. Yeah. So I think the Spurs are going to do, I think the Spurs are going to draft someone that's going to be exceptional for their organization no matter what. They know yeah. they do their due diligence and they know how to draft. It just depends on who they're drafting. And look again. The reports are going to come out that the Spurs are looking at someone. Right, it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going. I again, I said I'm not a betting man, but I would put, but I would put money on if there's a report the Spurs looking at Lamelo Ball. Spurs Twitter is going to blow up. (laughs) I understand this. I will willing to put money on that reaction if it happens, and it will likely happen. I can tell you this. I think it will happen. (laughs) There is, um, I recall. During um, I forgot what year it was, but I think it was when Derek Favors was in the uh, draft lottery and the draft process. And, you know, he's coming, he's going into the NBA, and at the combine, the Spurs uh, met up with him and they spoke with him. At that time, you know, the Spurs that they were not in the lottery, lottery, obviously they were just there doing their scouting. But the Spurs fans, oh, you know, he's gonna fall, he's gonna fall to um, the Spurs somehow, somewhere they're gonna, gonna trade fall. up, they're gonna trade up to get him. So I know exactly how how the react is, it will be from Spurs fan base, good and bad. But again, whatever reports float out there, which you will likely find at the Spurs zone on News 4 San Antonio, Fox 29 San Antonio, just realize the Spurs are just doing what any smart franchise will do. Just look at what's out there. So do not take it seriously. And again, like I said, it's we're the Spurs organization is in a spot that they have not been in a long time. Yeah. And, Again, they I think they know their situation much better than fan that any fan would understand at this moment, where they understand what players might be coming back or might not be coming back. They understand those talks. Those talks are probably going on as we speak right now. But no matter who they draft, they again they know how to draft. They've drafted exceptionally well in the past four years, and so whoever they draft, I'm going to be excited for. They're going to be a spur, and I'm going to be excited. But I'm also going to I'm going to be doing my own due diligence and saying, no, I'm not going to be overhyping them. I'm not going to be saying, oh, this guy's going to be rookie of the year. I don't expect that. Yeah, this, no, I, yeah. Knowing, knowing the Spurs organization, how they want to develop their guys, I don't expect this guy to be a instant All Star. That's not, unless it's unless it's like two players I have my eye on that could possibly be showing off and make some waves, make some waves at least within NBA the NBA spectrum, but 
be excited. This mm-hmm. is the first lottery pick in 22 years, and this is going to be one of like one of five, one of six lottery picks the Spurs will ever have ever had. Well, when we get back, we're going to continue our chat about the San Antonio Spurs. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Why go pay twice as much? You can simply go to rockauto.com. They have everything. You need carpet for your car? You got it. Motor oil? You got it. Tail lamps? You got it. Everything you need for your classic or daily driver. Uh, and just, it's easy. A couple of clicks and it's delivered directly to your door. Uh, the website is very easy to navigate, so you don't have to worry about that. Again, they got all the brands, they got all the specifications and the prices you prefer. And those prices are reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So as I said, why are you going to go spend twice as much? Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need, rockauto.com. We are back and I'm joined by Ty Yeager. He's the co-host of At The Line Podcast and a contributor at the Spurs Zone. And speaking of the Spurs Zone, Ty, you know, you, you got some great ideas, man. I love your um, social media ideas. Love to see them on a post, though. Calling What's, up with, that? What's up with that, Ty? Wow. What's up with that, Ty? Sorry. <laughs> some <laughs> things are just meant for social media, not <laughs> for a full rim post. Yes, I may. So there's, I know that there's two things you're going, you're calling me out for, and I under know, I know exactly why. One was meant for social media. That kid, I don't think that could ever been in a post. And that was the three, asking people to vote for the three most memorable moments in the Spurs bubble. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was a Twitter post. That was that cannot become a <laughs> okay. Wait, is this like a young post. kid thing? Is there such thing as social media posts versus post posts? Yes, I believe so. I think just some are meant for social media, aka a video that I just made an edit of. <laughs> but I will agree with you. I will agree with you that I made a po- I made a post on. I made a kind of a Twitter thread on. What could be the, yeah, uh, the that upcoming? Was, that was a good the, one. Yeah, the upcoming stuff for the for the Spurs offseason when it comes to contracts, money situations, restricted free agents, all that. I will admit that could have eas- that should have been opposed. But again, some people just like to see tweets and access them and access information through tweets. And I was just taking advantage of my knowledge <laughs> and doing it right away. <laughs> Also, I was doing it all on my phone, and I like to type my I like to type my 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 Spurs Zone post on my computer. But I was on my phone at the time, and I was like, "It's like two a.m. I just got to tweet this." Yeah, yeah, you had that uh, spark uh, in your head, and you said, "You know, I'm going to get it out there." So, you know, sometimes somebody needs to have his head checked, and I don't, I'm pretty sure you saw this. Is one Fox Sports Rob Parker and. He went, well, he is a co-host of the Fox Sports show called The Odd Couple. And he decided, Ty, to announce that he believes that Popovich is not an all-time great. Now, why? Okay, fine. You know, maybe don't jump to conclusions. Hear him out. And he points to a couple of things just briefly that the Spurs never wanted back-to-back titles with Pop, that Pop had the luxury of having Tim Duncan and David Robinson, and that Pop never duplicated that success in San Antonio in another 
uh, franchise. Uh, for example, uh, Larry Brown. Now, Parker said he'd pick Larry Brown over Popovich because Larry Brown has success at the multiple stops that he's been in his career. Ty, needless to say, Spurs fans just roasted him. And your thoughts? Anytime this, someone says that Pop isn't a top, I was I would agree that I think there's some oh, goat coaches like the best of all time that could be different than Pop. But Pop is still a top five, top three co- coach of all time, no matter what. And you're saying that he's not the greatest? You, you clown, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> Easy as that, yeah. And other, it's for, go ahead. It's it's just it, anytime that anyone, it ju- I think it just comes with the the label of Spurs, where some people are just tired of seeing how successful the Spurs are. I think that's what it is. I think at the end of the day, I think he just saw an opportunity to uh, kind of take a stab at the Spurs, uh, considering that the um, well, that's how the thing, the whole thing started. He, they were talking about this the twenty two uh, playoff seasons ending. And you just, boom, it, it started off something as that as kind of a, an homage to pay tribute to this first success. And then, boom, he comes in with this whole thing about Pop not being all time. And I was like, okay, where are we going with this? So I had to hear him out. And I said, nah, can't mm-hmm. agree with him. Because of that same argument you gave Pop or against Pop, you can apply to Red Auerbach. You can apply to Bat Riley. You can apply to Phil Jackson. You can, you can even apply it um, outside of the NBA, NFL, you know, with the Patriots and Belichick and Brady. So all great coaches have great players. And Pop even admits it himself. He even said it to close the uh, end of the regular season in Orlando, saying that the 22 seasons of success they had is because they had great players, Ty. You have great players, but those great players probably wouldn't become great players without great coaching. There you go. Just saying. Just saying. All right, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and continue our chat about the Spurs. And one more thing before, before we put a wrap on this episode, Ty, do you um, – do you have a couple, a couple grand laying around? Because apparently fans can now get game-worn bubble Spurs jerseys I saw those three Spurs, DeMar, Keldon, and Rudy. I, that'd be a nice piece to have in your collection, so, Ty. So I actually found out there's, there's other Spurs player jerseys out there. And there, I saw Drew Eubanks one. I saw I saw Marco one that somehow had some bids on it. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, Marco. But uh, if well, he's not really listening, he already has me blocked on Twitter. Yeah, but, yeah he, he blocked everybody. But the, there is an abundance of Spurs, of Spurs jerseys out there for auction, and I wish I wish I had a few hundred dollars for some of the other names out there. But uh, can someone? Can someone, if someone would like to donate one of those jerseys, <laughs> I would gladly take it off your. I would gladly accept. And, and, and let me guess, you would want the Eubanks because you're pretty much captain Why of not? the uh, what? Eubanks fan so, club. I'm just gonna say the Eubanks one was only two hundred and fifty dollars. That's doable. That's it's doable. a Spurs jersey. Yeah. It's something that I could possibly afford if I actually wasn't a college student. <laughs> there, I would say there's. There were also some other like Spurs jerseys that were around that 250 range. I think there's a Lonnie, there was a Lonnie one the last time I looked at it that was kind of under 500. So there's still some other jerseys out there. But again, having a Drew Eubanks jersey isn't that bad, especially if it's the one that he postered Gian- Giannis's oh, brother with. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. The cool thing about that at the NBA auction site is it'll tell you exactly where the jersey came from. Um, I think against Keldon and oh, I'm sorry, not against um, four Keldons and Demars. It was against the Kings, 
Um, so uh, this is pretty cool. I, I found that kind of interesting, you know, realizing that, hey, Spurs fans, if you got a few bucks laying around, you can get some pretty cool uh, Spurs jerseys. For me, though, I really want the Kelga one. I think that, that, that caught my eye right away. They, yeah, the Kelga one is currently at $821 as we're recording this. They're, hmm. they're, but again, they have a Marco Bellinelli one. They have a DeMar, Bryn Forbes. I didn't even know that he, he played. Rudy Gay, there's Chemezi, there's Patty, Jakob. Essentially everyone. There's yeah, a jersey everybody. for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or and again, Lonnie was actually Lonnie's is at eight sixty, so that's a bit high. Yeah. So uh, again, if you have some money uh, laying around, go to Spurs Zone News for San Antonio Fox twenty nine San Antonio dot com. Check out the article there. Um, we just because the Spurs season's over does not mean we stop from the lottery and this podcast uh, to the results of the lottery the later uh, this week and to much more from. Uh, what uh, ESPN's Bobby Marks had to say about the Spurs and Derek White and how they could still afford him and give him a pay raise. It's all there at the Spurs Zone. And subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. Ty, take it away. All right, you can follow me on Twitter and all my content that's supposed to be Spurs Zone posts according to Jeff. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Ty Yeager. That's the Ty J-A-G-E-R. Tie just like the alcohol. You can follow me on Twitter. You can also find at the Lion Pod on Twitter at the Lion Pod, and then you can get find also all our sorts of or stuff, sorts of other stuff. I can't talk today. You've got me too excited about this laundry draft and about <laughs> trying to take a bid on one of these jerseys. You can find it at the and you can find some some stuff there and even merchandise. There you go. Check. Oh, what kind of merchandise you got? Hey, I got we. You remember whenever Drew was hiding in Jakob's chest? Yeah. During that that crazy. Oh, that, 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 yeah, that, I remember that. Yeah. That feels way too long ago at this point. We have a we have a design of that, so you can find that. And then we, uh, we even have some shirts that have quotes from you. Oh no! Let me guess. All uh, about me and technology, or lack of knowledge. One is about technology where you don't you don't know how to turn off. You don't know how to disconnect from Discord. And that then the, still gives me issues. I, I tried it again the other day. I could not locate how to right. log off. We're one day. We're just gonna. I'm just gonna walk you through all this, and we're gonna record it, and we're gonna post it as a podcast. <laughs> I remember that day where I could not log off Discord, and I think you and Mac were upset that you you didn't capture it on audio. You're like, I, 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 was, didn't, I, I was, didn't have it on audio. I was very upset. I was very <laughs> upset. I didn't capture that. But uh, one of probably one of my favorite designs is uh, whenever you told me, no, 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 no. You need more. I have that design up there too. <laughs> there you go. Go check it out at at the line. Uh, just Google it at the line Ty Yeager and go to the website and get yourself some merchandise or as the kids say, some merch. But merch for Ty Yeager of the Spurs Zone and at the line podcast. I am Jeff Garcia. We're gonna put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs. 